You know, sometimes we think we have to get more perfect, and then God will love us more. But he is a good, good father, and he loves us just as we are, and he helps us to change. He helps us in those hard times. He helps us that when we go through the fire, we're not going to be burned up. When we go through the rivers, we are not going to drown because God is there, and he is a good, good father, and he loves us so much. Well, a couple weeks ago, I gave you 19 ways that we can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. Now, remember, we are on podcasts, so the anchor.com podcast I send out to all different people, but you can go on anchor.com uh, and listen to all the podcasts. I think there's about 30 on there now. So today we are going to begin a study on things that block us from being able to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. So many people say to me, Jenny, I am not hearing him. So we're going to start a study on this, and we're going to begin with distractions. <laughs> and I said earlier, you know, we're going to focus on the message, not the food, <laughs> and listen to the heart of God, to what he wants to bring to each one of us here this morning. The Bible says in Isaiah 30, 21, your ears will hear a word behind you. This is the way, walk in it. I had a situation where uh, back in 2011 was my first time of going to South Carolina. And I thought Fred was going to go with me and we're going to just travel down. And he said he wasn't gone. And I'm like, okay, then I got to go by plane all by myself. You know, and I'm like, oh my goodness, how am I going to do that? Because I had not done that. So it was a whole different ball game for me. So what happened was I was praying and I heard the Lord say to me, let go of the fear. You see, the fear was keeping me back. It was a distraction. The enemy wanted to distract me. So at that point, he gave me a vision and I saw myself and at that point I had to change planes. So I saw myself in this vision, getting off the one plane and having to go into the airport to change. And all of a sudden I saw this sign, this is the way. And I saw all these arrows pointing all around because my fear was, huh, am I gonna make it? You know, am I gonna know which way to go? You know, because I didn't know. But I could depend on the Lord because he's there with me. And he was helping me to know which way to go. If you don't know which way to go in your life, ask him. Ask him, what path do you want me to take? Well, there are many distractions. And first of all, I want you to remember this. When you allow distractions to be swept away, in other words, you're not going to pay any attention to them. You're going to let them go. You are going to enter a time of spiritual vitality and growth, and you're going to begin to be more fine-tuned to the Spirit's voice. Every day, he is speaking to us. The problem is we are not hearing. Why are we not hearing? Ask him. You know, he loves when we talk to him. He just gets so excited. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you sit down with your best friend. You know, you can hardly wait to get together. You haven't been together for a while. And you sit down and you're all excited. And one talks and the other one listens. And the other one talks 
and then the other one listens. That's how our relationship should be with God every day. We should be able to hear from him. Now, a definition of distraction is a thing that prevents someone from giving full attention to something else or extreme agitation of the mind and or the emotions. Now, what happens? You get all these thoughts in your mind. You sit down. Just like this morning, we sat down and we spent time in the presence of the Lord. What were you thinking? What kind of thoughts were coming through your mind? You see, your heart is the seat of emotions. So whatever's going to affect your mind is going to affect your heart. So how did you feel? You know, were you thinking about, oh, did I do that at home? Did I shut that off? Did I do this? You know, or were you focusing on the Lord and not allowing those distractions to come in? A distraction is anything that comes to divert our attention from the destiny, the goal, and the calling and the purpose of God. God has a destiny for each one of us. He has a purpose and a goal for each one of us. And the enemy's always trying to get in there and get us off track. The problem is we can't listen to him. Oh, it's not going to hurt if you just don't go to church here. That's okay. Now, church doesn't save you. But you need each other. We need the fellowship. We need the unity. We need to hear the message. We need to worship him. We come to get into his presence, right? That's what we come for. And that's where the enemy wants to take us off. He wants to get us off the path because then it gets easier and easier and easier to not come. It gets easier and easier to not spend time in the word. And it gets less and less and less. And we find ourselves feeling like, what's wrong with me? What's the matter with me? Every one of us have been there because we've been in discouragement. We've had fear. We've had worry. We have anxiety. We listen to all this babble around us. And I'm going to call it babble because the enemy wants to babble. (laughs) He does. And we can't listen to that. We've got to get into the word and hear the word of God. And take that. You are the apple of God's eye. Take that into your spirit. That's who you are. You are God's workmanship created to do good works for him. That's who you are. Earlier I said you're his precious jewels. You're his shining stars. That's who we are. That's what changed my life. When I really realized who I am in the Lord, oh, the enemy tried to get me off track. He tried to take me off the path. But when I started to realize who I really am in the Lord and who he really is in me and through me is what changed my life. Because you see, no matter what the enemy tries to do to me, and he has tried to do a lot of things, but I'm going to move forward with my God with my father who loves me with an everlasting love and is there for me. And I'm going to take his hand and I'm going to go into that darkness with him. Because you see, he dwells in thick darkness. That's what the Bible says. So I'm going to go right in that darkness with him. And he's going to hold my hand. And when I come out of that tunnel of darkness, 
I'm going to turn around with him and I'm going to help others to come through that tunnel of darkness. You see, that's what we're called to be. We're called to be ministers, to reach out and love one another and be in unity with each other. That's what God is calling us to do. Jesus wanted to raise up those disciples, not just for them, but for others. Because he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's where he wants us. You go in the grocery store and someone comes up to you and starts telling their problem. I get that. They just start telling me their problems. Now, I don't make a big spectacle of it. I don't stand there and thus saith the Lord, you know, and go through everything and try to draw attention because I don't want the attention on me. I want the attention on God. And that is a distraction. I have seen where people want the attention on themselves and not on God. <clears throat> not everything that seems to be good is actually good. Sometimes, you know, when we pray about something, sometimes a counterfeit will come in right before God is ready to do something else. So what's the enemy's purpose? To prevent the attainment of a goal, the promise of God to be received, or a destiny to be fulfilled. That's why we're here. We are here for a time, for such a time as this. Esther was in that position for such a time as that. That's where we're at right now. We are in this time for such a time as this. And what can we do? When the enemy comes in and he wants to distract us and get us off the path, we can remember who we are in him and who he is in us and through us. Uh, James 4, 7 says, Submit to the authority of God. Resist the devil. Stand firm against him. How do you resist him? You stand firm. It's like you're in that position. You're standing firm against the enemy. I told you earlier about Louie. I'm standing firm against the enemy that he is not going to go down with this, that he is going to be out of that hospital, and he's going to be moving forward with God because he has a great plan for him. He, God sent him to Uganda. Louis didn't send himself. It was all paid for. See, we can stand on that. Do you know what God's doing in your life? Stand on it. Don't allow the enemy to take you down. And believe me, I've had to get stronger and stronger and stronger in these last years. And it's God that's doing it because all I'm doing is standing in my position. Do you remember when Ryan was here and he talked about standing your position, taking that position? That's what we have to do. Come close to God with a contrite heart, a humble heart. Come close to him like we did with worship this morning. We're coming close to him. Fall afresh on us. Come near us and we'll come near. He comes near, we come near. And he will come close to you, to each one of us. It doesn't matter what you have done or what you haven't done. He wants to come close to us. And you know what? The Holy Spirit brings conviction. We don't have to be under shame and guilt and condemnation because that's not what God is calling us to be under. We are his kids. <laughs> and he loves us so much. And when we start grasping that love, that's when it's going to change in us. 
And that's when it's going to change, that we're not going to be distracted by the enemy. If we take our eyes off the goal, even just for a moment, we run the risk of taking the wrong turn and the wrong steps and losing the objective. What objective has God given you? What is he saying to you in these past years? Maybe in this, this past year, what is he saying to you? Proverbs 4.25 in the Passion Translation says, watch where you're going. Set your gaze on the path before you with fixed purpose, looking straight ahead. Ignore life's distractions. So we don't look for the enemy everywhere. We be aware of him. Now, Fred and I, we used to have a little mixed shih tzu, Danny, and Fred decided that we're going out on a nature path. Well, if you knew Jenny, <laughs> she's not very good out in nature paths. <laughs> so here we are, we're walking along the path, and you know where my focus was? Not, and Fred's saying, oh, look at that, look at that, you know, and I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> you know, what am I looking for? I'm looking for snakes. <laughs> That's what I'm looking for. And I could not enjoy the hike because my focus was looking down. We cannot enjoy the hike of life if we are looking down and not focused on where God wants us to be. You see, John 4, 1 to 3 in the message says, Jesus realized that the Pharisees were keeping count of the baptisms that he and John performed. Actually, Jesus wasn't even performing them. His disciples were. Now, Jesus had a focus. He was focused on his father. And he was going to walk the path that his father wanted him to walk. And so here come the Pharisees, and they're with their babble. <laughs> And they're like, oh, hey, Jesus, do you know that those guys over there, you know, you, the, the disciples, your disciples are baptizing more than John. You know, John started out. <laughs> what did Jesus do? He abruptly turned himself and went. Do you know what? He didn't try to defend himself. And sometimes we can't defend ourselves and we shouldn't defend ourselves if god has given you a plan you don't need to defend yourself jesus is our example he showed us how to handle something like this he didn't argue with the pharisees or defend himself even though he was personally he wasn't personally baptizing people he could have said hey i'm not even baptizing the people the disciples are no he didn't argue with him. He didn't talk to him. You don't need to talk to the enemy. You need to stand and talk to your father. Take that position. Resist the devil. Submit to God first. You can't resist the devil if you don't submit first. You have to submit to God. That's why it says it in order in James 4, 7. Jesus kept his focus on his assignment from the Father. He didn't keep the focus on himself. You see, when we want to defend ourselves, the focus is on ourselves. And we've all done it. I've done it. I'm not just speaking to you. I tell you this all the time. I'm speaking to myself, too. 
Jesus didn't entertain any negative thoughts. He left abruptly and he continued on the path of his purpose. You see, Jesus had a mandate. His mandate was to introduce the people to God as a father. You didn't hear this before. He was to heal the sick and teach and raise up disciples to go out and minister to others and to die on the cross and be resurrected no matter what the enemy tried to do, no matter what he tried to stop. Jesus kept moving forward. See, that's the whole thing. Jesus kept moving forward, and he is our example to follow. We need to keep moving forward. John 17, 25 to 26 says, O just and righteous Father, although the world has not known you and has never acknowledged you and the revelation of your mercy, yet I have always known you, and these believers know without any doubt that you sent me. You see, that was his mission to come and show people, this is your father. He's my father. That means he's your father. And there's another time the Pharisees, oh, they, you know, they don't give up. But I love this part. Matthew twenty two fifteen says, the Pharisees went and they conspired together plotting how to trap him. They wanted to distort what he had to say. So they sent their disciples to him along with the Herodians saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere. Oh, the, yeah, right, you do. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> and that you teach the way of God truthfully? Really? Then why are you here? Without concerning yourself about what anyone thinks or says of your teachings, for you are impartial. And do not seek anyone's favor. And you treat all people alike regardless of status. Tell us then, what do you think? Here it comes. Is it permissible, according to Jewish law and tradition, to pay a poll tax to Caesar or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, asked, Why are you testing me, you hypocrite? It sounded good to what they said, didn't it? But they were being hypocritical. And now they want to test Jesus. But this is what Jesus says. He was aware of their malice. Why are you testing me, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the poll tax. And they brought him a denarius, which was a day's wage. And Jesus said to them, whose likeness and inscription is on this? And they said, the emperor, Caesar. Then he said to them, then pay to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things that are God's. And when they heard this, now guess what happens? They were caught off guard and they left him and went away. That was it. What could they say? What the Pharisees try to do? They tried to, first of all, distort the truth. The enemy will come in and he will try to distort the truth that God has given you in his word. He will try to distort that. He will also set up a trap that will be out of malice, which is the intention to do evil and spite and maliciousness. That's what they were out to do, and the enemy was using them. 
So what was the result? The tables were turned on them and they were caught off guard. See, it was all turned around. They were caught off guard. The tables were turned. God has a plan for each one of us. And he knows that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will rise up inside of you and stand up. And that is where he's calling us to be. No more distractions. No more guilt, condemnation, shame. God loves us. And this is just the beginning of this study that we're getting into. This is the beginning of it. There are so many things that can be distractions. And we want to know what they are. But how are we going to know what they are if we don't stay close to God? We have to stay close to him. We have to spend time with him every day. And I can't stress that enough. I know that if I go one day without spending time with him, busyness is another distraction. Get too busy. We're busy, 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 busy. Too busy to spend time with the Lord? I guarantee you, you have a busy day and you sit down and you spend time with the Lord, you will be amazed at the time you have left over because you have tithed your time. Just like you tithe your finances and you see it's like wow I can't believe that I paid this bill and I didn't know how I was going to pay it but you do the tithing you tithe your time and see once what God will give you so I want to I'm not going to go into all the things that I had here but one of the things that I want to do and we'll pick that up next week is I want Isaac to put on a video, and it's by Casting Crowns. What I want you to think about is what you need to leave behind. What kind of distraction? Just ask the Holy Spirit here this morning. It's come to the well. <clears throat>